We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to another episode of Outside the Trenches. I'm BJ Kissel, joined as always by Nick Lecky. Nick, Chiefs win this one 22-16 on Sunday night over the Denver Broncos to move to 11-1 on the season. The Broncos fall to 4-8. and The Chiefs, I think that's like 12 straight over the Broncos now. But if you get on Twitter, um, which I periodically don't do as much as I used to, uh, mainly because I have YouTube TV and I'm way behind and I don't want to be spoiled. Um, you have yeah, YouTube so, TV? Yeah. What yeah. I thought that's how we're starting this. Is that, is that that's how yeah. we're starting this? Yes. That's okay. the real topic. That's the, you our, have YouTube TV. Our sponsor for this episode is, and all these episodes is Jack stack barbecue before we have a long discussion about YouTube TV, but Jack stack barbecue. Thank you for everything that you do go out and get that outside the trenches game day pack, put it in trenches 10. Uh, when you order at jackstackbbq.com, you get 10 bucks off. All right, Nick, let's talk about my usage of YouTube TV. You have YouTube TV fact do you like it um it gets the job done and it actually keeps me off twitter (laughs) it's the the latency is an issue if you want to follow along during social media that's the only problem with it okay like no one would know there's any kind of latent there any kind of issue if you weren't also following along on a second stream somewhere you wouldn't know like no one else in the world would know like there could have been latency for like 12 minutes back in the day. And besides radio, you'd have no idea. So anyways, um, actually enjoy not following the games along as much on Twitter. I'll pop in and like, if I see something or whatever, you know, tweet it and it'll be like five plays late. Uh, <laughs> everyone will be passed. Like, what is he talking about? It was so long ago. Uh, so yeah, I don't even know what we're talking about at this point. So we should have a couple of takeaways from this game. That's how we're going to do the show. And Nick, why don't you just take, just do one of your two topics, okay? We each have what two, topics two topics that we're bringing into this one. What are your, what's your first topic besides my use well, of YouTube TV? Which I, is a I, funny I story I, that I'll share down the road about YouTube TV. But anyway. I'll, I'll never, I'll never succumb go ahead. to that. I'll never succumb. You know what? Actually, before you know, before we get into your topics, shout out to uh, Andrew Carter and Ben Walnick and the the fearless leaders of Let It Fly Media uh, for the promo today on Sunday Night Football. The aerial drone shot of the Andy Reid soybean crop thing was shot 
by a let it fly media nice or precision that looks so cool mazes yes it looked awesome uh it was a cool deal uh if anyone on social media follows anyone from let it fly media they know uh that they did it because everybody was tweeting it like 30 times because everybody was excited but it was super cool so shout out to those guys and shout out to let it fly media or right. like, the, the, like they that. power they power this podcast and uh they pay for a fearless leader behind the glass there justin who's playing among us somewhere with someone Right. So hey, if, if is he gonna if, pop if, in, Justin? No, I'm bringing. He's he's in a he's in a game. He's in the middle of a game. I can he's see the lights there. reflecting on him. So anyway, um, what are your what are your topics? What do you got for us, Nick? If, if this is a noon game, Chiefs lose that. I really do. I really. I mean, explain. They were sleep, explain. They were sleepwalking at at seven o'clock primetime game, and the only reason I think the Chiefs were up for this game, and and I'm not saying they're they're unprofessional. They're not. It just. It, it, during the season, you know, you go through these like ebbs and flows, and and if you're playing like like the Saints in a couple weeks, right, you're gonna get stoked no matter what that is because you have a tough opponent, uh, you have to really be on your A game to win it, and and then now you you roll to Denver this week, and it's sure it's a divisional yeah. game, it's it's a night game, but if this is a noon game, you're not hyped for it, you're just ready to get it over with. They just put out laid a goose egg with. With uh, Hinton, which I thought was cool, they had him at the game. That's that's a show of yeah. love. Um, you yeah. know, he did a great job. That was a terrible circumstance, and they weren't. They were there's going to be a move. There's going to be a movie made about that kid one day. No one's I ever going to. It's cool. Be, it, it sounds so bad. Cause that guy, that guy, I'm sorry to go off on a tangent. That guy busts his ass his entire life to. And I'm sorry for my language. Uh, that guy busts his tail his entire life uh, to get to this position to be known for the position he's been playing and he gets thrown in that position and that's what he's going to get known for. It'd be cool if he then turns it around and becomes a player at the position yes. he was known for. Uh, yeah. The chances are for a, for a guy that just the odds are say that's not going to be the case, which is going to be kind of weird to be known for that, but you're still known for something. You are. <laughs> There's still that. You're, you're infamous. You're infamous. Yeah. And, and so, I think, but I get it, I, but I get that sucks for him. Yeah, but that's how does. at this point there's a good chance he's going to be remembered. But it was cool of Denver's part to to bring him to the away game, absolutely, and, and absolutely. you know let him travel with the team. You know, kind of a like a show of faith, like, hey, we're going to bring you in because that was respectable, and a lot of guys wouldn't do it in that situation and think about the prayer and stuff like that. He's like, I'll do it, sure, why not? So yeah, it was yeah. it was good. But that, so you brought that, up that's you brought up winning differently, yeah, and the, the, you kind of talked about that. What what do you mean by like what do you mean by uh, just Going out there because you've played in these games. We joked about it before because that's where I'm. I'm losing track of the conversations that we've had since we started recording and what we did before. <laughs> so you know what's going on. So like because we talked about it. I as a fan and somebody who doesn't follow the team like I did in the past. I don't have that like daily grind of it anymore. But like I just don't care about some of these midweek games. Like just get healthy and get through the game and. That's the worst like podcast ever. It's like, wow, that was a short podcast, BJ. It's like, you didn't really care about anything. It's like, I do, and there's stuff they have to work on, but they have everybody in place to like work on it, and they will. And so, like, if you were worried about one thing, the reason why is that we've seen it over the course of time that if you get worked up about one aspect of the team right now, it's like red zone offense. Like they haven't been very good there and we could talk about it. Like they've got to get better there. And then the next week when they get better there or when they work on those things and they get better, what are you going to do? Be like, see, I told them, I told me to work on it. And they did like, they were listening to me. Like, so, no, but, you know, you, you well, you always, you, 
you almost have to look at it too when you say winning differently is is you know the Chiefs and us as fans we're so used to this um, high octane scoring offense and to be able to no. go into the red zone four times and just get field goals uh, that can really break break some spirits especially because if, if you get stymied I mean when Kelsey didn't score until what the third fourth quarter uh, a touchdown yeah, that was took, like the first no. touchdown of the game. So if, if you're an offense and, you, and you're sort of addicted to these these plays that are, you know, 40, 50 plusers and you're not getting those and it's going it's going against you, man, that's that's one of the things where that doubt starts creeping into your brain. It really does. You know what it is? You played baseball. You know what that is, right? You can't get a hit. You can't get a hit. And all of a sudden, yeah, doubt. But, never, but it never really felt like they just weren't moving. Like, I know they didn't score and they didn't get in the red zone, but they were moving the ball. And maybe it's just because it looked awesome. Like... I just get like I love the cool like the the athletic plays and he gets outside the pocket those back across his body like it was entertaining the whole time and they were making plays it never felt like they weren't gonna win the game and maybe I've just become spoiled and maybe that's just the you have the entitlement has already settled in and it's like internal entitlement did we just did we just come up with a new thing live I have like internal entitlement because I don't say it publicly it's like oh don't like. Actually, I did. <laughs> I've been saying it publicly right now. I was like, don't worry about it. We are but, like, recording I just, right now. <laughs> I know, but you know what I mean? Like, I'm not being yeah, no, cocky not. about, like, whatever it is. Yeah. It's just I don't get the ups and downs. Like, they'll be fine. Like, you have Mahomes. At the end. There's this inevitability about what the Chiefs are eventually going to do. We saw it at the end of this game. Like, bring it full circle back here, Nick. The Denver punted the ball to the Chiefs. Down three with six minutes to go in the game. I don't care how good their defense supposedly had been throughout this game and stopping them because they look at the scoreboard and they're like, hey, we've stopped them. No, you kept us out of the end zone and you made six good plays inside the red zone to keep us out of the end zone. A few of those, we made those mistakes on our own. But as far as like slowing down the Chiefs, you didn't. And then you punt us the ball, look what happens. Like there was that inevitability that Mahomes brings. You you know what's going to happen. Don't but do then- it. Yeah, but then if you go for it, right, and then you miss it, and you give him the ball right there too. So it's a true checkmate situation unless you're confident you got that play that'll get you that that conversion too. So it's, Would you yeah. rather, you know, die on your feet or on your knees, Nick? <laughs> I mean, on my feet, of course. I'll always go for it. Just like we were talking about before the show. We don't have to make a big deal of it because I will admit that it was probably going to be a stupid decision. But you made fun of me last week for being super conservative early in the game of – kicking the field goal on fourth and one from like the half yard line on the opening drive. And I said, just because it was the opening drive. And I think because of the possessions and just the statistics yeah, and number yeah. of possessions you get, take the points any other time. No, but for the chiefs minute 30 left or whatever it was. And they were facing a fourth and three up three. I would have gone for it on fourth down. Patrick Mahomes would have gotten it. It worked out because Tyron Matthew got another interception, got to, you know, add pad the stats a little bit, which is great for Tyron. Uh, but I feel like Tyron, I feel like Mahomes would have got that. I was never worried outside of a fluke play of a touchdown beating you. And you go into overtime, not worried about it. I was never worried about Drew Locke going down. I just let the offense stay on the field and, and kind of drive it in there. But, you know, and, and I think that that confidence is good. And especially for if you're the Chiefs that know you can do that. But it's like, if you don't have to, you don't have to. So, uh, and then also if if the way Mahomes, I thought he ran his best today. I think this is the best he's looked all season running the ball. I know he got sacked a couple times, but. You're going to go right into your second, second topic and you're not even going to let me 
You're not even going to let me get one of mine in. What was yours? Sorry. We're not editing this. We're just going to, we're just going to run right in. No, we can do your other stuff. That was it. No, let's, let's talk about added dimensions. Let's talk about Mahomes running because we joked about this. And like, uh, we always talk about like Bobby Stroop because Bobby's known Mahomes a long time. He helps train him uh, Uh along with Barry Rubin and the guys with the chiefs to make him athletic. That Mahomes is more athletic and runs better than anyone gives him credit for. I think a lot of people still think Mahomes is that, and I don't know how to describe how he was coming out of college, but he wasn't, he's not skinny. He's not beef, like not muscular, just a, a big dude. Like he's just a perfect size quarterback. Cause he's running around, but didn't necessarily seem like a guy who was going to get out and make plays in the running game the way that he was. I know he jokes about that. Did I look like Lamar? We saw the touchdown <laughs> yeah. run against the Titans in the playoffs. Like we've seen him do athletic things, but I think you brought up the point for recording that there were just some runs where he got outside with his footwork that it just, it looked even faster or more athletic than we've come to be seeing. Yeah, it was really nice because honestly, uh, I really thought that after he signed the the massive contract that uh, he was running like like he was very fragile. And I was like, oh, (laughs) don't what are you doing? Don't run like that. Like, don't you can't run timid. And and he 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 put his foot in the dirt and he made he made some plays with his legs and he also made some plays with legs. But they look to extend some plays too, very smartly, man. He's. You forget yeah, that this is his fourth year, right? Or third year, where yeah. the hell year it is? Third year. Yeah. Third year starting. So fourth yeah, year. Because he went control. MVP, Super Bowl MVP, and now he's trying to get the get them both in the same year for the first time in forever. That'd be unreal. That'd be unreal. That really would be. Since almost Cam Newton almost did it. Yeah, really? Almost, yeah. I think 2015 when they played lost to the Broncos. Hmm. Von Miller took over. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. All right. Let's. It's funny you bring up about Drew Locke, about Tyron Matthew, and 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 all those guys on the defensive side of the ball that made plays late in the game. Because that's kind of what sealed the deal for me. Is talk about Drew Locke, and that was kind of the story, and it will always be the story when he comes to Kansas City, the hometown kid. But he just he hasn't been good against the Chiefs, and Spagnolo has kind of had his way with Drew Locke. And I I talked about it in pregame leading up to this game that I was interested in how the Chiefs were going to blitz. Drew Locke and how they were going to attack him defensively defensively because two years ago in that first start, we saw Spagnolo just said the house. I think they blitzed like 60% of the time in that game. And Drew Locke was like, you know, two of 14 throwing against pressure. And then the last time we played him, we still were able to get a lot of pressure on him, but we didn't blitz him quite as much. Still didn't have a lot of success. And then I don't know the numbers as far as like number of times that we blitz, but it seemed like we got back to blitzing him quite a bit uh, tonight. And I know in a couple of those interceptions, Willie Gay should have made the sack on Matthew's first interception. Uh, so the reason he got it is that Gay missed that. But um, I was excited to see the defense step up late in the game. Cause like I said, Drew Locke for whatever he did before the game, the fourth quarter, Broncos had three drives where the game was within, within a possession. Greg Stout mentioned this on Twitter, but Drew Locke goes one of seven for five yards and a pick in the fourth quarter in crunch time, and that is the defense in a high-leverage situation stepping up and making plays. Yeah, and it was cool, too, because, I mean, everyone's kind of bagging on the defense and saying, you know, where's the defense been? Why aren't we getting sacks, this and that? And it's like, don't look at sacks and – I mean, sure, you got to get pressure and everything like that. But, I mean, you got to play team defense, and that's what they did. And and the defense did, did their part to, to keep the Chiefs in when all they were getting was was four field goals in a row and four red zone trips, you know. So it's yeah. it's complimentary football right now. And 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 that 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 goes in with everything added dimension of winning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but try not to go on a rant because Frank Clark has been taking a lot of heat 
on Twitter and people are talking about his stats and his production and, and all of that. I want to ask you because I'm going to get fired up about it. Um, and I'm biased. Obviously I'm close to Frank. I like Frank. I got to know Frank. Uh, I could care less what his stats are. I know what he goes out. He's going to give you everything he got. We saw it last year that we kind of knew what he was going through, went through it, got criticized. And then after the, at the end of the season or in the playoffs and he's making plays saying he starts to feel better because of all this stuff that he was going through earlier in the season and everyone's like, Oh my gosh, I didn't realize what he was playing through. This guy's a warrior. And now a year later we're doing the same thing. And I have no idea if he's hurt or not. I have no, it's not that kind of deal. It's just like, are we really going to go through this process again where we just criticize a guy for seven months and then find out he was either playing through something or playing through something that maybe a lot of guys that play the game would not play through. They just sit out and say, Hey, I'm not feeling it. And he's playing through whatever it is. We get to the playoffs. He closed games. He's going to be there. He's one of the leaders of this team. We can criticize him for the production. It's completely fair. He get that, gets that contract. But let's just make sure we don't cross any lines and say some things that we can't go back on for a guy that helped us win a Super Bowl and gave us everything he had last year and shouldn't be questioned when it comes to those types of things. Absolutely no players above criticism. And I know I was going to give you the floor, but I just got upset and started talking. But – Every player deserves it, and I, I get that. I've never played, but that's part of the deal with just playing and having positions and platforms like anyone has now. But I, I'm going to defend Frank till the, till the day they take a microwave my, microphone in front of me away. At this point, just because that guy gave a lot, and that guy's a warrior, and he is. No, he's he really give is. everything he's got, and that's enough for me. That it. Everybody's got a different – got to have production. you got to have numbers to suffice you. For me, what I saw every day in that locker room, the way I saw his teammates react to him and what I saw him play through and what I saw him do in the biggest moments that you can play in this game, that's enough for me. I don't have yeah. to – I'll just – hey, you got to be better? Yes, fair. Anything else? Nah, I'm good. I'll roll with him. You know, it's, it's, it's a sign some people – have you done for me lately you know what have you done for me this year and i think a lot of people expect frank clark's game to be aaron donald like they expect him to just be beating oh. guys one-on-one and getting sacks and everything like that and 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 frank's game is different because it's it's sure you want to get sacks everyone knows that you want to get qb pressures you know that's what you're paid to do but you also have to set the edge uh you also have to be be cognizant of of the running back coming out of the backfield if, if that's your assignment on some plays uh staying in your rush lanes right not not chasing sacks no. Um, and so it's just something where you just don't know, like, okay, is this play designed for Frank to get a sack or is he just supposed to just, just to rush, rush straight up and, and try to just kind of contain things. And like you said yeah. too, we don't know if he's dealing with injuries right now. So we don't know. So just, it's different, but, but, but Nick, you know, like you played and I know we can talk about it as like media people, like a podcast, like you played the game, you were in the locker room. If a guy doesn't make plays, if a guy's not playing well, that is a high play. You play in a locker room with a lot of like very successful people. You were successful. You won a freaking Super Bowl. If a guy is not making plays during a game, he, you know, he's not doing his job. Like he knows he needs to be better, but you see him at practice and he's there every day. He's working his tail off and he's doing absolutely everything asked of him and helping those around him and being a good teammate to everybody around him. And then you see like the criticism on, t- on Twitter and fans, that's part of the deal. Like that's just part of playing in the league and the excitement of fans is their ability to discuss with other fans, like who they don't like and who's playing well and this and that, like that's what makes the NFL what it is. So don't, I don't want to take that away, but at the same time, like 
have some respect for like what these guys go through. And if a guy, like you said, is doing the right things every day, which for all intents and purposes, it seems like Frank has done. Mm-hmm. Isn't that enough? Is that for enough for you as a teammate? If you see him doing yeah. everything that, you yeah. know what, it will come around. Absolutely. And then, I mean, we're, we're nitpicking at the end when, when the chiefs held him to 16 points, you know, and it's like, that's not real. Sorry. Like that's how that's, you know, when we look at, we look at like the broad, the broad picture, like, did the defense do their job? Yes. Does it look glorious? No, it doesn't. It, it it doesn't look flashy. It looks it looks like missionary position. You know, there's nothing glamorous. It gets the job done, man. It's not it's not anything spectacular at all. At all. But whatever. You know, nine months later, same result, right? I mean, <laughs> Yeah. Hey, guess what? Hey, I'm feeling the, um, the, the lag too. Uh, December 6th. I am. Man. Yeah. We it's all like, have to fight through. We got to fight through getting you guys trap content. Yeah. This uh, is a trap. Through, this is a trap podcast up through the playoffs, but the chiefs did. We should have meant to mention this earlier, but the chiefs did secure a playoff spot in week 13. I know the aspirations are much higher than that, but as we've, I've preached, <laughs> and I don't know what other word I could say, uh, preached to not uh skip checkpoints not not celebrate things and not take things for granted uh we talked about afc west wins and afc west this that they didn't win the division that's not but a playoff spot is secured um here in week 13 which should not go unnoticed as andy reed does it again i think it was at eight straight winning seasons seven straight winning seasons um it's unbelievable it's so cool it's really cool yeah. i mean it's, it's your first step uh of your goals and now your next step is winning the division and then your next step is hoping, you know, you went out and then Pittsburgh loses a couple or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I Pittsburgh's what they what happens down the stretch with Pittsburgh is is going to be entirely up to Pittsburgh. I don't think that changes um, how I feel about any one thing. And maybe that's just because it's the COVID. And we talked about this a little bit. We'll probably talk about this at the end of every show <laughs> throughout the rest yeah. of the season of whether whether home field advantage means as much as we think it means this season. You know, we talk about what it means overall in general nowadays anyway. You know, it. how much does it – I know it's great for fans. Like, we want it. I know there is some sort of, like, it's just better to play in front of your fans. But when you're in those high – like, those big-time playoff games in this COVID environment without the fans and just the weirdness of everything, I don't, I don't know if it matters. It doesn't. No, I, I don't – because it, I don't think I've seen – I have yet to see a team go silent count on the road. I, I was, I was, my mind was boggled. I forgot the last Seattle game I was watching in Seattle and they was like fourth yeah. quarter and they're going like audible, audible snap count. And I'm like, Oh my God. Like from playing in that place I, and like seeing that it's like what fourth quarter and the away team is I, going audible snap count in Seattle. Like home field is not a thing this year. I was trying to make a chargers joke. Cause when they played in their old stadium, they had to go silent count at home because they had so many opposing fans. I was on I, I, 06 in Arizona. We had that versus the Cowboys and the Steelers where we had to go silent count. And I'm like, this sucks at home in a non COVID year going silent count. Right? Like Did you get up and you're like, Hey, calm down. It just made people louder. Like get one of these. No, you don't, you don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I always love when Peyton Manning does that to his home fans, and it's like I get it, you know, whatever. But yeah, no, yeah, that yeah, that's gonna work. Yeah, hey guys, I think they, d- 
I think they just do it because they just like to know they have the pow- that much power over like that many people. It's just like stop talking. Yeah, it's like I need quiet, just, guys. Exhibit everybody. Shh. All right. So before like, we get to the, the last segment here, uh, we got a few housekeeping things. Drew Locke finishes the game 15 of 28 for 151 yards with a couple of touchdowns and two interceptions, while Patrick Mahomes goes 25 of 40 for 318 yards and one touchdown, which means his stats from the past four games drop significantly with just the one touchdown and only 318 yards passing. Uh, Le'Veon Bell led the Chiefs with 11 carries for 45 yards. Now, it was reported before the game it was a big deal that Clyde Edwards-Elair uh, was active for this game, but they ended up not playing so it must have been just some sort of emergency back situation i saw that uh chiefs reporter matt mcmullen reported after the game that there are no new injuries for the chiefs which nick is the really the only thing i cared about as we've established during this is just get through it and don't get hurt and uh on to the next on to miami hey bj we really need to talk about your apathy because i think there's a lot of people out there who feel the same thing we're like like let's wrap this stuff up and let's just start playoffs now. Is that what you want to do right now? You're like, let's just let's go. No, are you, are no, you I, I enjoy the process. I enjoy the process. I just uh-huh. don't enjoy knowing that we're going to be there, but just being like, just don't get hurt. Just don't get hurt. So every play is just like, just get up. Just get up. I don't care about beating Denver in week 13 and securing the playoffs, but just don't get hurt. Get up. So that's just the worrier in me. But Maybe that's also because I had like my three-year-old daughter laying on me and I was quiet. Sure. Just kind of, that, yeah, I was in a protective, just kind of like a, hey, nobody get hurt, protective mode. I don't know. It, it was a blog game. It was a blog game that they, they should have won. They almost got set up, uh, you know, too. But, I mean, the, the Chiefs, they, they, they pulled it together, man. And I was most yeah. proud of, once again, like um, Daryl Williams. The other LSU, oh, yeah. the other LSU running back, man. Yeah, See, I'm glad you brought him up. Yeah, that's a good point. Downhill runs, man. Like we need that in the in the red zone. Like I don't need to see any more. Well, I'm sorry. I, I like the trick plays in the red zone. It, it works. It didn't work today. But One. you need those downhill runs. They ran it. They did it on second down. That's why I don't know. Like why do why do they try the trick? Yes, the third down play with Tyreek. Yes, I get all the gadgetry. But before that, I get that they were doing all the pre-snap like window dressing, yeah. where like Kelsey motion to the backfield and Tyreek motion behind him. And then this ran like a lead. This ran like a running play. But you need what? that stuff. You need that pre-snap motion. You know. So I agree with you. Where I'm saying, but the, it's the same basic downhill running play though. But like yep. it doesn't affect. Like it doesn't. All of a sudden, it's a gadget play because they did a little pre-snap motion. Are you? Uh, is that what you're saying? No, I, no, no. I'm oh, okay. I was like, are we going to have it out? We've never really gotten in. We've never really disagreed yet. We have not disagreed yet. I'll let you know. And I know you'll It's because the things that I'm really passionate about, like that I really are interested in my hobbies, and this is not a slight on either one of us. Uh-huh. They're not. We. You're nerdy about certain things. I'm nerdy about certain things. Those are not the same things. So <laughs> we're not, not going to have hot. We're not going to have hot takes. Yeah. Each other. Well, it, it was fun. It works it was or fun. doesn't work. And, right. and the thing was funny in the fourth quarter with Daryl Williams is like he's running the ball, he gets tired, and then they run the bell and it gets stuffed. And it's like, man, you need to keep you need to keep the pressure on a defense by running straight at them a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. And then if you give them time to go laterally and a slow developing counterplace, not gonna work. Yeah. Not hey, and, yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, 
shout out to Tyron Matthew for his couple of interceptions. Can't go not mentioning uh, that guy getting his hand on the ball a couple of times. But uh, another in for the zone, the, in the red zone early on too. Yep, that was big huge. time. Although that was like a what the hell are you doing, Drew? Like, come on. But okay, um, two th- two things. Uh, one, because I I shouted out on Twitter on the Mahomes touchdown pass to Kelsey. Uh, Shout out to Eric Fisher on that play. And anyone like you have to go back and watch the play, but you're going to see that highlight a lot of Patrick Holmes escaping, getting outside the pocket where the, the guy jumped off sides. And you can see Fisher step down, like basically did like a step inside or step down. I don't know the language. Tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, step down, like punched basically the defensive tackle coming across, hiked the ball anyway. And then he kicked out and didn't even, he like did it like a slide step and then did like a crossover step which when you watch it live, you're like, oh, it's not a big deal until you realize that he's like 6'7", 320, yeah, and you're right. like, oh, he's, he's – Yeah, like you watch his feet move like that, and it's like that's a basketball player's feet. Like that is so athletic for a guy his size. And then he was able to anchor a defensive end who was about to rush into Mahomes before he threw that touchdown. Like it was an unbelievable display, and that's normally something you catch on like the second or third rewatch. I just happened to catch it on the rewatch uh, of the touchdown throw. Because I was wondering how close they were to deflecting the pass. But anyway, shout out to Eric Fisher for that particular play. And then also for our loyal listeners, Nick, who have been listening to all of our episodes, we talked about Nick Kaiser. I think it was after the Raiders loss because he had that huge drop on that play that kind of like, you know, outside the pocket scramble. We threw it to him. And I remember us talking about like, I, that's going to suck if that's the last pass that that guy gets thrown to him. He doesn't get a chance to make a play. So when Mahomes scrambles, granted, there's nobody within 15 yards of him, but they threw him the ball. He caught it in the red zone, was able to get a first down. And I was just like, thank you. I'm so glad that I don't remember his last attempt at catching a football, being it bouncing off his face mask. Uh, oh, yeah. in the, what's going to end up being the only loss that Chiefs have all season. Uh, well, also, well, the thing with Kaiser too is that, that Reed kept him around and said, "Listen, you can make a mistake. That's yeah. totally cool." And, and that sends a good message to the the rest of the players as well too. Is when you say you're not afraid of making a mistake if if you get like if you get cut for making one mistake, then you're going to send a mess to your team, and it's going to put people on edge, and it's going to ramp up the pressure. And you're already under so much pressure that you don't need any any more pressure, especially from your coaches. And, and they let him flourish. And you know what they told him to do, though, as you catch the ball, then anyone gets near you, you do the old Isaac Bruce or Tory Holt where you go straight down. Like you, you feel yeah. any presence around you go straight down. And he did. And it was fantastic. You know, he got a conversion. It was awesome to see. It was really cool. That was cool. Yeah. All right. We, our last segment here, Nick, we, uh, I put out on Twitter. Uh, before we started recording, just how Chiefs Kingdom thought about the game. So we're going to go through a few of those and uh, answer a couple of questions here. Uh, The first comment was from a loyal listener of both of our shows, the old one and the new one, uh, Cammie Darnell. Uh, It's a tough win over division opponent. They had a good game plan. I liked a lot of what I saw from the defense tonight. Weird game, though. How many TDs did Hill have anyway? Uh, I I could tell by the tone uh, whether it was a local media person, just a Chiefs fan that, that I happen to know and be friends with and follow, or like a national media, if they have Tyreek Hill on their fantasy team, by the way, <laughs> and the, the like the force at which they were tweeting, how many caps they were using, how many exclamation points that they were using. It was really obvious to see when people were getting upset about yeah. everything. As well, that was, and it, was it was such a weird thing when, when, when he caught that but didn't catch it, but caught it and didn't think he did. Like that was a weird that, and then they punted and didn't review it. That was yeah. I think that's no. one too. When you look at like a thing like momentum, had he had they reviewed it and caught it, 
it's a different ball game and it might be a blowout, but they never got that crucial sort of knockout blow. Uh, and they kept Denver in the whole time. Yeah. All right. The next one is from Decivers. Said a win is a win. A win's yep. a win. Just yep. worried that if we don't clean up our play, we're going to mess around and lose a game we shouldn't. Uh, felt like they already did that. Um, but they may lose a game in the this stretch. But I feel like if they end up losing a game in the playoffs and they don't get to where they want to, I don't think it's because they were sloppy back here. Because one thing I will give credit for, this is kind of like me leaning on my old experience, is that it's always subtle. But you can genuinely, generally tell, and genuinely tell, when the Chiefs have not had a good week of practice by the way Coach Reed talks on Wednesday and mainly Friday. Uh, mm-hmm. It's normally like a short presser anyway, but the guys can kind of be a little vocal about like if they start to see guys slacking off or if they have a few bad practices. By like Thursday, Friday, you can kind of tell that something something's a little off. And so uh, I don't see that happening is what I'm getting at. So like if they lose a game, as long as the practice habits stay the same and as long as those are still competitive and the guys are going out and doing all those things, I think it'll be fine because like this is like we've talked about this is the grind of the season. It is. It really is. And we're entering we're going to enter the, the the heart of it, too. I love December football. I love December football yeah. because you see that like this year is weird because the Browns are still relevant. I thought their eight and three was hollow. But it's like, man, it's they look good. They look hey, really our good. guy, our guy, Dearness Johnson. I one catch <laughs> for five yards. I was forget. I was watching the Titans for anyone who's listening. So the company that we work with, let it that I work with, the Let It Fly Media, uh, one of our other big projects that we're working on right now um, is with Dearness Johnson. We're doing a documentary on him. He's a third string running. He's the guy behind Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and he's got an amazing story. He's got a great unbelievable family um tom martin's in the process right now of trying to cut that story down as best he can i cut it from four and a half hours to 30 minutes his job is to cut it down even more and make it a great story and uh, i know they'll do a great job but um long story short i don't want to hear your brown slander because part of me is rooting for the browns because i really like the artist and so I will say I was watching that Titans game and I was really upset that the Titans kept fighting back and that they couldn't just like put it away because I needed Dearness to get some carries just because I wanted to I want to see my guy get some yeah, to the rock a few times. Absolutely. Yeah. Sorry, completely random story. But right. thank you, Chiefs Kingdom, for listening to that TED talk uh, about Dearness Johnson. We will be <laughs> tweeting out the link to the documentary um, sometime in the next two or three weeks. And I urge you to watch it because you got a phenomenal story. Hey, like you see Edrin James. Your guy. What's up, baby? I loved Edron James, man. He was a cool no, he's guy. He's a business. He's smart. Oh, he's wicked smart. Very few guys where every time he's I talk broke. to him, he's just like, you're a business dude. Like, he knows. He knew everything about everything. Oh, yeah. Really he good owned, He owned everything. I think he owned everything. Like, he owns yeah. everything. He's smart. So, really anyway. good at chess. Really good at chess. I he's finished. Uh, have you watched Queen's Gambit? No, I don't watch Let me turn this stuff. into it. I don't watch that stuff. What does what that mean? Is that a chess? It's on chess Netflix. Movie? It's a no. show on Netflix. It's really popular. It's really good. I haven't watched it. Is it good? You like? Do you like chess? I don't like watching movies about chess. Like I didn't watch Searching for Bobby Fischer. Um, I actually think you would like this one. Okay, I'll check I really it out. do. I'll Your artistic out. side and that the the darker nature. Like this is not. I don't know anything about chess and I enjoyed, I really enjoyed this. It was really entertaining. Like it was good. The, the casting, like the girl, like she's going to, she should win like every word. Like it was awesome. It was really good. 
I'll I don't say that about like a lot of shows, but that was really, really good. All right, before we put a bow on the 2216, I'm not going to say we have one last segment because I've said that like three times now. Uh, but Nick, what are your final thoughts? You know, before we look uh, this one up, hey, gotta win, ugly as hell, but. I mean, at this point, that that's what you need. And and I like back to what you said, no injuries, hopefully, right? You yeah. know, always some some nagging injuries. And then now you get to go to your what? Is there four games left? Is that it? Yeah, they're 11 and one. So, yeah. So yeah, final quarter. So that's it, man. So so now now we're going to see now, – now fans, all of us as fans, we can pay attention because this is going to be really good football. And this is where you see like any sort of glaring weakness – that you've put out in the previous games is going to start to get uh, picked over with the fine tooth comb. And if you don't have your stuff buttoned down right now, you will collapse in December. This yeah. is the time to shine. Well, it's interesting too, because you look at the last four games, they have the dolphins next week. And then that big game against the saints, in New which Orleans. is going to be one of the, yeah, it's going to be one of the marquee games of the rest of the NFL. It's probably that protected 325 CBS game. I don't know how all of that. That works, won't get flexed, right? That won't get flexed, right? I don't think that one's getting flexed because the 325 are normally protected. Like okay. those are the non-flex white because CBS is like, oh hell no, like, yeah. <laughs> we, we're, keeping this, we're keeping this game. Um, so we'll probably get COVID. I don't know. Somebody writes a couple million dollars, and you know who knows? Yeah, uh, yeah. So we'll probably get. Uh, um, yeah, Tony Romo will do our game for like the seventeenth time, which is great though. I actually like when Tony Romo does the game because I learned something uh, yeah. over him talking and you know talking over plays and all the stuff. That I'm sure drives his producers crazy. Um, learning the business side, uh, <laughs> learning the production side of things um, yeah. that's a little unique with him, but I enjoy it because uh, I like listening to him. But anyway. All right. Well, we appreciate you all for listening. We appreciate, again, Jack Stack Barbecue for being our sponsor. Go out and get on the weekends. Go out and get the Outside the Trenches game day pack. It is wings. It is burn ends. And it is pulled pork, beans, and cheesy corn for 60 bucks. But if you go to jackstackbbq.com and you put in the code TRENCHES10, that's 10 bucks off. Uh, a lot of good barbecue. So go ahead and do that next week, and uh, you could be like the rest of us. And as we have continued to do throughout the season, if you know of anybody in the Kansas City community who is going above and beyond for other people in our community, let us know who they are, and we will send them some Jack Stack barbecue as a thank you from you, from us, for doing what makes Kansas City great, which is just great people, Nick. Agree. Just great people. 100% agree with that, BJ. So many great people thank here you. in this town. And you're one of them. Thank you. And you so are you. one of them. Thank, you. Thank, Thank you. you. And so are all of our loyal listeners who subscribe to this show and continue to feed it, pay it forward and feed it forward and let us know who we should send some barbecue to. Thank you, everybody, for listening and for the rambling on last minute close of this show. We will see you next week, hopefully after a win over the Miami Dolphins. We will see you next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.